Thank you for downloading this documentary from RTE Radio 1. For more information, visit rte.ie forward slash docon1. in the shipyard here myself for 26 years. I left it eight years ago to go to another job, but I'd live in no other part of the city, only in the Dockland area. Mm. I think it is the people, because the, the people in the Dockland area, they're the best you find anywhere. When they go to a job and give their address as living down in Sheriff Street, they can't get a job simply because they're from Sheriff Street, which is all wrong. Kids are not bad down here. I mean, you get a few, but you get that everywhere. But I think that this area, it's a small little community, can be put right in very little time. And I'd like to see it before anything happens to me anyway. I mean, say, if you have sickness, you've always a neighbour. But out in the skills, you could be dead. Now, he has an aunt in the next block. And every day, I go up there for my cup of tea. The door, the door, the door's never shut in your face. But out in them places, you couldn't do that. At least you wouldn't do it. Geographically speaking, we're, we're isolated on three sides. We have I, the, yeah. the river on one side, the sea behind us, and then the Talca and part of the, the sea as well on the other. And the great um, highway, Eamon Street, particularly acting as a sort of a, a boundary as well. I heard a siren from the docks Saw a train set the night on fire Smelled the spring on the smoky wind I came into the area past the boundary wall, but for the high blocks of flats to my right, it could have been a village. The cobbles were being removed to resurface the road, and children were enjoying the feel of clay. They'd love sand, I thought. I wondered what was the area like long ago. It was a beautiful place. It had all trees, and all the houses were lovely little white cottages and lovely shops. And you go into the shop there for fruit, the lovely old-fashioned butchers. It was all very nice, and all the people were extremely good and friendly. They were marvellous. Would you say it was like a village? Yes, indeed it was a lovely little village. We had Castle Forbes, where Castle Forbes works is now. That's owned by Lever Brothers and uh, MacDonald Good Food Kitchen. 
And that, that was actually a castle. That was an old castle. That was before my day. And that was owned by Lord and Lady Forbes. That's where it got its name, Castle Forbes. Then it fell into uh, Teensy Martin's hands, and they were the big timber merchants of, if not the timber merchant of Ireland. And they had a lot of property around here, and of course they gave us Mother Mary Martin. And by a strange fate too, uh, Matt Talbot worked there in T&C Martins for years. And then Brendan me, but he didn't work for Levers. Uh, he worked for a, a painting contracting firm, and he used to uh, work in Levers there doing the painting for this firm. And he was very well known around the neighbourhood, Brendan. Everybody knew poor Brendan, you know. Was it a wealthy area? It was a wealthy area for about, well, a mile square around. Everybody had money. And if you had a backyard anywhere, any size at all, you could rear fowl, pigs. We did ourselves. We used to have six or four, four at the least, and a whole yard full of fowl. And I had the looking after the fowl and the pigs. How did people amuse themselves? Well, there was very little amusement there, and I'll tell you why. There was no picture houses. There was no only, only them old uh, oldy-gordy gramophones, you know. And uh, if a, a crowd of men got into a public house now for amusement, they did have rings. Well, now they had another game, yeah. an empty bottle. Mm-hmm. And somebody would mark a lion, you know. Well, you'd throw the lion, and you'd down on your hunkers, and you'd stretch out as far as you could reach with the bottle. Now the next man had reached three and reached four and that. Well, whoever was the loser had to pay for the next round of drinks. And that was only two points a point then there. Um, could you describe what's in front of us here? There's a sort of a CAE rail freight. It is. Well, in years ago, we had a, you know, we used to get freight and passenger on this service. We had more trains. Yes, and more people, you know. And then we had... We used to have a season for the people who came from the country coming, going to England for the picking of the potatoes. And we, people in the area, catered for those people for lunch. And then they were, you know, they went on to the boats then. That's absolutely, that's very interesting. That that was the main thing. We were kids, we came down here, you know, we call them conic men. That they'd used to They would come across. We're looking also at Spencer Dock here on the canal. Do you remember the time when the boats used to come into Spencer Dock? Yes, definitely. It was a great little place. And they came in here every day. There was boats from Wexford, coal boats. One was the Carlow. I forget a few of the others. I'm sure other people will remember them. But we knew all the lads and this, everybody. It was busy. So the boats and the trains were part of the life of the area, really? And the docks. How about cattle? Cattle. There were always cattle. We always had cattle. But we had an open area for cattle, not the way they shipped them now. And it was a playground for the children at the same time. We went in, milk cows, played over with the hay, jumped off big tops and things down into hay, you know. But other than that, the children have nothing now. It's, that's all cut away. Boats and ships are very much part of the area. They carry wood, cattle, tea, grain, cocoa beans and fruit, and a thousand other things. Seafaring men have many a tale to tell, going back to the age of sail. The best part of my life going to sea was in sail. 
because there was a better life going to sea and sail, though the, the grub was very poor. I mean, you were never hungry because there was always two types of what they called sailors' biscuits. They were made out of flour and graveyard bones. Graveyard Yeah, that's bones. what used to make the hair grow on <laughs> sailors' chests. Well, now, if you left, say, Dublin here, for instance, in a sailing ship, and you were going down to Australia or around to California, you had to get down by Cape Horn, of course. Uh, very often, sailing ship men, if the weather was too bad, that's if it took them too long to beat around Cape Horn, they'd up sticking around the other way, around Cape Good Hope. And what they, they'd run down what they called the, the Roaring Forties. Mm. But that was nearly as bad as going around Cape Horn. Five, I think they were worse. I've been around, I've been around the boat, and I felt it going up during the forties. Far worse than going around Cape Horn. What was exciting about a sailing ship? Though? Well, I'll tell you. When you got out of the uh, bad weather, you got into a good run of weather, got a good breeze of wind, it was all fun, more or less, you know. You'd be doing this part of the job, say, uh, splicing ropes, maybe doing fancy work, maybe chafing gear, or you'd be uh, <coughs> washing your clothes, patching your own clothes. You'd be going aloft doing all kinds of jobs, overhauling gear. Of course, it's not only those who went to sea who have memories of boats. Oh, well, there used to be the boats here. Some of them lost during the First World War, the hair. Well, that was the boat that brought the pucks for Jim Lycan in the 1913 strike. Do you remember much about that strike? Uh, well, I would, I'd say I'd be around, uh, I'd be around nine years old that time. But we only just used to be running around the quay that time. Mm. Did the river mean a lot to you in those days? Uh, living we, near it. We never believed in that, and it's only fishing for sticks and things in the river all the time, and looking at boats. Till we got walking at them, and then we knew where we were. We had to walk hard. Shoving and walking the nozzle, sucking. Terrible job. What a job. What exactly is done? That's uh, when you, we had to go and shove all the grain off the twins, like into the lower hole. Would you be sucking out of the lower hole to bring in the tonnage? How would you understand? Well, then, at the end of the day, then, when we be finished, we get a 1,700 tonne of suction now. Yeah. This all used to be sucked through, the wheat sucked through a big pipe. Big pipes, yeah. And uh, we start in then the night, woke at 12 that night, 8 o'clock the next morning, start the same thing again. What did it be put into after it was sucked out? Into big tanks in the silo. Bands in the silo. It's a great big building. You'll be able to see it when you go down there. The food big building on the right. But it all go in there. Well, then the cars then be biking in. And heap uh, up the sacks with ropes, jigger ropes, and load them down in with sacks, the grinding sacks. Then going off to Bowling's North City and Zock Mill and the whole lot all around there. Did you meet a lot of different sailors? Every national. I tell you who uh, was very fond of me there. It was Hogan Bassey, the great boxer, a Nigerian. Did you ever tell of him? Well, his brothers knew me. Now, and uh, Hogan Bassey, there was a, a chief steward and a cook from uh, Leicester, from Hull. They were on the ship called uh, the Bradford City. Used to do all the running from uh, uh, Australia to here. And every time he used to call me off, he used to bring me cigarettes and books and all. Every time, my man, 
Yeah. Where's I'm your man? Is that yeah. your nickname? That's my nickname all over the world. Mm. Is it known pretty well all over the world? Sticking out on oil it is. She'll be over now just goes away to sea. The way for when I have a drink. And uh, on the power of Zoom, say yes, see so I'm your man alive, yeah. It's hell that's be open. <laughs> How'd you get that name? Uh there was a, a boatswain of the American Navigator, 1943. He came here with a load of grain, a load of bays. And he's got great liking to be the way he was walking in the whole of the ship. And he caught me over my man the whole time. And uh, the boat was finishing all after five days. She went back to Cuba in South America. And says he, before he went, she'll bring her back a nice present. Do you know the Yankee green smocks? He brought me back a brand new one of them. I knew my mom was printed on the back of it in gold letters. So when I'd wear it, everybody wouldn't know. Yeah. It's worked out an awful lot easier on the docks if conditions changed a lot. Money for jam now. I'm not working at a town now, I only get paid for it. Oh, yeah. I only get paid for it. Dickie Rock's grandfather and a whole lot of his people all worked at me too, you know. Oh, yeah, I knew my told did you? Yeah. What did you know? How did you know? We passed on up and down. He used to wear an old cap and everything. He joined us, uh, I think it was the tour of June, 31. He joined him. Oh, I knew the whole lot. And then well, before I went into the Graham walk, I'd done 13, uh, 13 and a half years of the house here in General Smith Walker. General Power. He used to shoot every class of horses. Do you remember the days when there were there was gas lights? Oh, Lord, I used to. I used to remember the lamplighter coming out. Billy with the light, Billy with the light. Put him out all night there. Really? Oh, yes. They used to come along there. They had a long pole there, an old gas lamp there. That there was a sort of a, a triangle there, and it put it off there for to put on the lights there. They used to have to call around in the morning there at daybreak for to put them back again, put them off rather. Do you remember the time when there were lots uh, of cattle coming down with their drovers? Oh, Lord, uh, yes. They used to come down the North Circular Road there. The abattoir, the market used to be up at the abattoir, up beside the park there. And you come along there and there'd be 50 or 60 maybe head of cattle there. And <laughs> oh, sure, I used to go down there to the quay there that time there, down to the Hollyhead that was time, or down to uh, the LMS there. And uh, we'd hunt the cattle then. Well, we wouldn't hunt the cattle then, but the dockers used to be there. And, of course, that was in Tower Alley there. We'd have this big stick there, and they'd say, go ahead there, we'd hunt them. <laughs> the cattle and the water and the boats have still an attraction for children of Sheriff Street, enough even sometimes to keep them away from school. Michael follows the cattle and the cattlemen. I do be in the men, I be in the cattle yard helping the men and give me a few pounds or something when I go into the shops. And after dinner, I come out and I get shifted onto the boat and we hush them on with the men. Sometimes a few lambs or donkeys comes in and I have a bit of fun, me and my pals, in the hay and all. And the bigger fellas still be in there and horses comes in, we get on their backs and bring them in for the men. But there's some men in there and they don't let you in. So they throw us out and we go around the dock area, Spencer Dock, and have a bit of fun around there. What sort of ships come in and out here, or do you watch them much? The Willow Man comes in. Yeah. And the coal boats, the cow boats, the meat boat, the corn boat, 
the flower bulbs and everything. The oranges bulb. The oranges bulb. The fruit bulb. Which do you like most uh, watching? Cat Why? Because it comes your father and you, when it's going out, it's better. You can hear all the cows. Yeah. You can get on yeah, the horses now. You can get on the horses now. You were on them last night. And there are smaller pets. Pigeons, for instance. I saw them everywhere, hopping along, quite tame. Derek's pigeon wasn't doing much hopping, though. Told it. What's what happened? It's, it has a saw wig. And can't fly, it's too small. What and sort of pigeon is it? Brown to checker. And then, Sikikna, young pigeons, you know, the other one is different to this. That uh, racing pigeons, they have rings on their feet. And, uh, you know, the, the big fellas keep them pigeons and we all keep the Gignas. And going out to a fella now with this one, giving it to him, you know. What did he do with it? He keep it in his loft. And he keep it in that and he has more pigeons and he get them flying, you know, they come back to him. And uh, they be flying to him all the time. There's a man over there in the chip and he won. He has a loft, a pigeon loft, and he raises pigeons. He has central heat and all in it. In the loft? Yeah, and electricity, you know, like. How many of you race pigeons around here? Do you? Well, I know a few people that race them, but I don't race them myself. I only keep pigeons around like that. How many do you keep? Ah, uh, only six or seven in the prime shed. What do you and feed them with? Uh, corn and wheat and milo. Things we get over the lullies, and do you over in the quay. Do you let them fly? Oh uh, yeah, we let them fly and put them on the roofs and the area and they fly back down to us. And we locked them in again. Well, they're, they are raising pigeons, but we kept them, you know, keep them in the farm shed. And breed out, we have youngsters. How many have you all together? I have about 20, 23 or 30. Do you raise them much? No, just bring them out, the dolly mount and all that, and they come back. Do many people around here keep pigeons? <laughs> yeah, few, few fellas. But the corporation level the farm sheds around there, all over the pigeons. And uh, Why, do they not want pigeons to be kept? No, you said it's bad, they're bad luck or something. See, because I can't get a job anywhere, because that's my only hobby, you know, pigeons because he can't get a job. Sheriff Street today, like many other areas, has its problems, severe problems. In 1950, the corporation built 600 flats on the site of some of the old cottages. One block, Lawrence's mansions, rehoused people who had been living in the area. Phil Shanahan was for people from Summer Hill, and St Bridget's Gardens housed people from Corporation Place and the Gloucester Diamond. A new community was superimposed on the old one. There were too many people in too little space with too few facilities. Heavy traffic thundered down Sheriff Street on its way to the docks, but the shops and the church were on the other side of the street to the flats. Many children were killed, until finally last year, after yet another accident, the women formed a human barricade on the road and eventually got the traffic diverted. The Royal Canal flows nearby, and many children have drowned in Spencer Dock. A concrete playground is not enough for any child. I've never met such lively, friendly, outgoing children, but something seems to happen to them about the age of 13, and all too often creativity turns to frustration. I only where to go and put a job. If you live in Chelsea, you don't get a job, because I was getting a job there the other day. Yeah, tell he us said, about that, will you? He said, where do you yeah. live? I said, I live in Sheriff Street. He said, I'm sorry, there's no jobs. I just give me a job there and then. What sort of a job was it? Uh, a job in a timber merchant over the south side. And but listen, Miley, would you, at that, would you not have said to him, look here, you know, would you not go to the I was giving out to him and all that. 
So he, he, I said to him, I said, it's not where you live, it's how you live. What and did he say to that? He didn't say that, he just told me to get out. Tell us, Miley, what age are you? No, he did. And have you tried for many jobs? Yeah. I was working in a lot of jobs. We got sacked out of them all, you know. For what? For messing. We got sacked for smoking and all that. Yeah, well, now, what do you mean for messing? Was it anything serious? No, just... What sort of things did you get fueling sacked around? Hmm? Fueling around, you know. A few what? Fueling around. Fooling around. What sort of things? You know, messing. Throwing sticks at each other and all that. Yeah. Well, did you do your work, though? Yeah, I did me work. We and got sacked. And tell us, do you get any labour when you're I not working? I get one pound six. Labour. And I'm supposed to be getting there £5, £5 too. Well, why aren't you getting it? Because I'm supposed to have my own business. I'm signing since last August and I'm only getting £1.6. But six shillings. why? I'm supposed to have my own business. Me and £2 something. But have you? No. Well, what do you mean you're supposed to have your own means? You I know, my own business. My own business. Well, how would you have your own business? don't know. I mean, how do they work that out? I don't know. It's a social welfare, so they said. They only get £1.6 every week. Well, did you ask them in the labour exchange? Yeah, yeah, and he told me that I, I, I had my own business. Well, surely you said you hadn't. I know, I still I haven't, but it you wouldn't know. be the pigeons, would it? No, it's not that. Well, what, just, what can you do about it? I don't know. Then there's Christy. He left school at 13 without being able to read or write. Admittedly, he mitched a good deal because he found it very boring. Since then, he's had no advice or training and has been in and out of a few jobs. Recently, he was up in court for loitering. He says he was just standing beside a stolen car. I got talking to him at a teenage dance, and he told me what he'd like to be. Electrician. Electrician. What would it need for that? What did you have to do for that? Oh, no. Go to tech? Probably would, yeah. Yeah. But is there anywhere around, anyone around here that, can, that you can go to and talk? You know, I mean, would you like to get a job at the moment? Oh, yeah. yeah. At anything. At anything. And how hard have you tried? You used to go out every morning, but now it's useless. How long have you been at it? Good way. Uh, do you even get as far as getting interviews? No. What do you think writes you off? Where so you live. Where you live? How do you see this? Just immediately you say? Yeah. You see a reaction? Take down your name and address, say he sends you a letter, but you never hear of them. Never send it? Has this happened to many of your friends? Every one of them. Really? Most of the guys you know, do they have any jobs or not? Most of them has no jobs, no. What do they do all day? Just toss around the streets. Sometimes they get lagged. Getting lagged can happen to the guilty or the innocent, anywhere. Any police force will make mistakes some of which could be avoided. This has been Gay Murphy's experience. Well, I came home and I was outside the flats trying to fix my car. The Black Mariah came around the corner and I had a car, I had a paper on the top of my car and I had a, a bag and there was two books, three books in it. They went by, they backed up, got out of the car and asked me what was in the bag. So I showed them what was in the bag. Then they told me I was only wasting my time trying to fix my car. They left me, and there was a chap coming down on a bike, and he had a bag in front of him. And they nearly knocked him off the bike pulling over, and they stopped him to see what he had. And that chap doesn't even live down, that chap, I've never seen a chap before. I don't think he even lives down in the area. They come down in a squad car. Do they ever just uh, foot patrol the area at all? Fairly seldom. 
And as a matter of fact, that's what's missing down here. There's not enough police going around the streets down here. Yeah, because after all, do the do the children have any chance of making any friendly contacts with police? Police, you know, just ordinary human contact. No, because if a child goes up to up to a policeman, they're lucky if they don't get a a clatter off them, or they push them away. You push the kids away from one or the other. Does this happen fairly frequently? When not fairly, as I said, it doesn't mean many police down here for it to happen frequently. What do you feel about the way uh, the media, newspapers, television uh, treat things that happen in an area like this? Well, I think they blow it up too much, the paper does not anyway. I mean, when a little thing happens down in Sheriff Street, it's splattered all over the front page. What? Could you give me an example of something? Well, the woman's place that was broken into in Gill Street, mm -hmm. Mare Street rather. They blew that up out of proportion altogether. What was taken? Was anything? There was a few things taken, I believe. I don't know what was taken. Was she elderly? She's, well, she is an elderly woman. But then the Tenants Association went over and asked her, told her we'd put in that last and all for her and try and fix it up, but she wouldn't let us do it. Well, was that written up by the papers? That was not written up by the papers. You see, that's what's wrong. They don't write up the good things that happens down here. In the case, uh, two things that I can think of that I remember reading about in the papers. One was uh, a child was killed by traffic, but I think you've managed to get the traffic diverted now, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, a cattle lorry actually. The child fell off the cattle lorry. That's it. Yeah. But the cattle lorries have been stopped coming into the street now. They're going a different way altogether. How about Spencer Dock, where I believe a lot of children have drowned? Well, uh, there hasn't been any really bad accidents there this couple of years, two years at least. But these things happen mostly in the summer and anyway, you know. There was another thing I remember reading about uh, the way some traders in the area are sort of afraid and board up their places at night. Is there any truth in this sort of a thing? There's no need for any traders to board up their place down here. There's not much breaking There's in? There's not much, no. Mm. On the whole, would you say as a community that this place has more social problems than any other part of Dublin, suburb or whatever. It's no worse. Let's put it, it's not no worse or it's no better than any of the other places in Dublin. Anywhere else. As a matter of fact, since the corporation buildings closed down, <coughs> they've been trying to I think they've been picking on Cherry Street now to say something about it. But when corporation buildings was there, it was corporation buildings this and corporation buildings that. Mm -hmm. But now that they're gone they have to pick somewhere, I suppose it has to be Sheriff Street. The Northwall Community Development Association is trying and doing, succeeding in doing a lot for the area. Now you're involved with a boys' uh, club which operates several nights of the week, catering for boys from 14 to 16. What do you try and provide? Do you just provide a place where these boys can go, or do you provide activities as well for them? Well, at the moment we have darts, drafts, chess, ring boards, table tennis and a dance two nights a week, which is going for three nights a week this week, starting from this week. And uh, we have a record player for the for them in the in the Monday night. Records and they can all sit around and listen to the records. Would the majority of these boys have work, would the majority of them first of all have left school? Ah oh, yes, the the best part of them have left school with with the exception of a few that's going to take. Would many have work? Uh, 
I wouldn't say all that many. Half of them? Well, I'd say about a quarter of them and anyway. See, the best part of them, when they go to a job and give their address as living down in Sheriff Street, they can't get a job simply because they're from Sheriff Street, which is all wrong. Well, what do they do all day? Uh, hang around. Hang around in the playground. Playing ball. Well, what do you think is the future for lads like this? Can the association do anything or get in contact with anybody who might be able to provide even advice? Well, we'd like to see if any of the jobs that's getting built, any place that's getting built down here, if some of the men have come along to us and say, well, we have so many jobs and could you fix us up with a few lads? But so far, with all the jobs that have been getting done, there's not one. I don't think there's one of the lads our sheriff's street being employed in well, any of them. Where do they get their employment from? Their employer, you know, the employees? Uh, outside of sheriff's street. I don't think there's anybody down here from working in any of the, these building sites at all. Could unions do anything about this for you? I doubt it very much. Because I suppose the best part of the fellas that's in these jobs at the moment are all in the unions. Mm. Do you feel as a community, it still obviously is a very living community down here, um, is it one community, I mean the people who lived in the cottages and in the houses, the older community, have they managed to mix in well with the people in the flats? All right, say, the way it is down here, I think everybody stop and talk to one another, whereas out in the housing schemes, you'd be lucky if they bid you the time of day. But down here, there's plenty of people that stop and talk to you, even if they don't know you. They'd say good morning, good night, whereas out in these places they won't. Richard, who is 18, knows what it's like not to have a job and what that does to you. But he doesn't think that the lads here are any worse, more violent than elsewhere. No, they're not really. They, when they go to a dance in town, they keep to themselves, you know, they just hang around the, the friends and the when the dance is over, they come home, straight home. They don't mess around town. Now, a lot of accusations is made towards them. Uh, say, there's a fight in town, and the first thing the police do is come down here, you know, pick out some of the lads, bring them up to the station and charge them. For some things that they never even, they weren't even in town that night, you know. They're near Stowe Street, they're near town, they have a name, you know. So, as all the police do is... Well, we pick such and such and charge him. Is there much of that sort of violence down here? You know, the sort of violence no, where people no, get stabbed? No, nobody gets stabbed down here. Nobody among themselves gets stabbed down here. You know, none of the lads come down and stab, stab each other. When they go uptown, there's a fella down there. Remember Christy Bourne? Ah, yeah. He was separating the fight, you know, between two lads that you never knew. You know, just stopping the fight. So stop yeah. fighting, lads. It's no use. So you'll only get yourself hurt. One of the fellas pulled out a razor and cut his face to bits, you know. Got about 60 stitches in the face. Violence, then, is only one small part of the picture, but it is part of it. Our inner city island is close to the main, and there is always a relationship between violence, petty crime, vandalism, frustration and unemployment. Unemployment is not such a problem for the girls, but they tend to settle for dead-end jobs with no hope of promotion. I met a good few girls who had left school early to help their mothers in rearing a large family. A lot of them work in sewing factories. Valerie, for instance, whom I got talking to at a dance. She was at the tech for a while 
and some of her friends are still there, but... Well, most of them is all the mix and all. They don't like her, you know. They don't... They, some of them... Well, there's a girl there now and there. She was put out for, you know, keep on mixing all the time. And she never went home, you know. She stayed in her auntie. She stayed out for a night, you know, and you all look for her everywhere. She stayed out for a night over the school, you know. Well, did you... Were you able to go to talk to anybody in the school about what you wanted to do? Yeah. And what, what advice did you get? Well, she said, uh, you know, I must stay till I'm 15. The head, you know, the head man might get me a good job. My mum just told her that I can't, you know, can't stay till I'm 15 because... How badly did you want the money, Valerie? How, was it really the money that made you leave? Yeah, from my mum. Well, there's, there's a good lot in the family, you know. How many are there? 13. Mm -hmm. And my dad's not working, he's on life insurance. And that's how, you know, I just had to get a job. So it can really help? Yeah, it does help. Now. How much do you give to your mother about? Five pounds. To make school attractive to children so they'll want to be there isn't easy, particularly when the buildings are over 100 years old, as the national schools are in Sheriff Street. They have only a tiny pocket of a playground. There's a lot to be behind it down here. I find there's no facilities for the children now, and they seem to be on the aggressive side all the time, you know. They want to um, be doing things, and then, yes, there's nothing really for them to do down there's here. No there isn't. It doesn't really give them a challenge m much. I, I, the teachers, I, I don't think uh, understand like down the here. You know. This is Mrs. Margaret Byrne, who has reared eleven children and knows what she's talking about. She speaks of the need for guidance. There is a lot of bright children down here. I really don't know uh, what I really set out for in life, you know. And there should be someone or some place for to uh, direct them. Get advice. Yes. And also regarding parents, I think they should have something too to go like to for advice in regards of them. Uh, different things like um, how to cope with problems like drugs and that, you know, because um, in our time we had nothing like that. To, and um, these are all new to us, the things we don't understand. Um, we're trying, like, you know, if someone uh, higher up could sort of educate us, you know. What about uh, things like finding out more about social welfare benefits? Yes, definitely. Be there should be something like that set up. Now, I know a case of a girl leaving her husband and she has nine children. No, she buried one, she's eight. And that girl had not one farm, had she, for eight months. So she squatted into a, a four-room flat down in Bridget's here. And I know for a fact that girl got no help nowhere. And I think that someone should step in there, like, mm -hmm. to help How did she a person. Yeah. Uh, Neighbours now helping out, you know, mm -hmm. giving her sugar and mm -hmm. tea, she had a, a few sisters, they'd buy her odds and ends, they'd, they have families too, like, mm -hmm. you know, but in their own little way, everyone, well, a few people were trying to help her. Now, I think things like that shouldn't, have shouldn't, uh, no, really gets people, me going. Yeah, do you think people are aware of their rights at all? I don't think so. The working class people, the majority of them anyway, doesn't seem to be aware of uh, certain certain rights, you know. 
in regards of a social welfare and that, when you have kids drifting off in their teens and you're dependent on their wages mm-hmm. for to help out in the house when you have a crowd like you can't go along and tell this to um, people and say go up to this uh, assistance now he's idle five weeks yeah if I have Originally. 18 yes mm-hmm. and he hasn't got any wages this past five weeks since he mm-hmm. was paid off mm-hmm. well he still has to be fed and kept and you're you know what I mean you know, your, your children that have left and gone into jobs after primary school, on the whole, have they been happy with their jobs or have they tended to drift around? Well, I had one girl I had a lot of trouble with. And she, I do pray for a, a vocation in life for her. She, she'd be 21 in May. But um, she seems, uh, whether they were phrases she was going through on that, I don't know. But mm. she seems to have settled so. down. Yeah. She has. How yes. about your girl that was sewing? Uh, Yes, I think... Um, Could you tell me something about her job? Well, I think that uh, they are exploited. A lot of the youth down here, listening to them, like, what they tell you about different jobs, you know. Uh, the boss, I think that... I think they all do cash in on the fact that people are ignorant. They do, definitely. And... Um, well, in her case, for in example, her, yes. what do you feel? Do you feel that she's getting a fair wage and a fair... I don't think so, no. Because she... Roughly around £10. And she's 20. And she's just 20. She gives me £4. Well, she hasn't a, an awful lot now for dances or dressing herself. Shoes is what? Mm-hmm. Or eight or £9 now. Is she, is she in a union? She isn't, no. Uh, I don't think he, her boss would like... Um, them to be in a union. I think he would sack them if he, he knew that they were um, interested in forming some sort of uh, uh, getting in tried? touch with a union. Have they tried? I think uh, there is a few, well, they call them licks, you know, in with the boss. And they tell the boss if anything is moving, you know. Mrs. Byrne is lucky in that three of her girls are having secondary schooling. This happened through the help of some people who have come to form a new and positive factor in the Sheriff Street story, the Dublin Tutorial Group. I think they have helped out an awful lot behind the scenes now. They don't, they don't get uh, much limelight. I think they should get more. What, can you tell me this, uh, what do this uh, tutorial group actually do in the area with the children? Well, they used to they used to have a, a club in Liberty. in Liberty Hall, but through the bombing and that, um, they carried on the little sessions in the houses. You know, mm-hmm. they took the family groups. Now I believe they have the Oriel Hall, haven't they? Yeah. What do they do? But, painting um, and things. With they the do children. drawings, and Teresa done that yeah. with oh. Mary Lala. Oh, it's a lovely mosaic. I see. Yes, it's really good. And, and do they read um, and write as well? Oh, they do, yes. Mm. They do. I think there is a few children can't read and, and write. And do they go they help them outings out. at the <coughs> end? They do. I think they're very good to spend most of their spare time with the children down here. If they get into trouble, they're always there for to get them legal aid and that, you know. In, in the courts? Yes. Uh, do they do anything particular for them in the summer? Oh, they take them out. No. Since last year, they have a home down in um, Tipperary. Beautiful it is down there. 
the group helped also last year in the running of a very successful sports weekend. Mr Kyo, who organised it, points to the lack of recreational facilities in the area. A playing field as such is absolutely non-existent. Where we have to have the football and the basketball is in the corporation playground, which is Tarmac Adams. Now, as you know, this is very dangerous for mm-hmm. activities of such. Mm-hmm. So what we would like to see is a community centre and a playing field, if it is possible. There is a lot of derelict sites in the parish and nobody seems to know what's been done with them, what way they're going to be developed. But I think it is the intention of the association to find out what way those sites are to be developed and have a say in it also. Another positive force in the area is the credit union. I asked Mr Malone, who helps to run it, if money lending was still a problem. Well, not at the moment. I don't think so. I think it's eliminated a lot since we started the function. Because we have got the problems of money lenders, people that were involved in money lending, and we solved our problems. And uh, we found that uh, these people today are a lot happier and a lot better since money lending was eliminated in the area. How about things um, like uh, HP? Is, is this still uh, quite a problem well, in the it's, area? Well, uh, to my knowledge, uh, HP is it's not as big a problem as it was. There's a lot of solving on the HP problem now, because with the credit union, it, uh, it has solved an awful lot of problems where people were in HP and found that they were paying for an article of £20, paying 30 or 40 To us, for every pound, we lend them. They owe us one new pence. If I give a person £50, they have a period of 12 months maybe to pay it at a pound a week. We do not force them to pay anything. We ask them how they can pay it. There's no set figure on how they should pay it back, but we like cooperation from them that they pay it accordingly to their means. We give everybody a chance on that. There's no pressure put on anyone. If you're sick, they can come and tell us. We excuse them. That's all the credit union really works for. Do you find it sort of strengthens a community, brings a community together more? I found from experience of credit union that on Friday night and Sunday morning you find all the neighbours coming in to pay and one is talking to the other and there's more unitement together with neighbours because they meet, it's like a meeting place, maybe for ten minutes they all have an old chat or something's happening and uh, one tells the other how things are working. And what I found uh, in credit union was that the next door neighbour was helping the other neighbour saying, well, don't you join it? And it's a great thing. And I think this is how we started to build up. I found dealing with the problems here is very simple if you could take the people in the right way. This could be a great area and certainly say, well, all. if we got cooperation that we could get some community centre, something built, I'd say this would be one of the best areas because there's no lack of support. Any collection that has ever been made in this area has always been well done and people have always given. Maybe that's the spirit that drew May Murphy back to Sheriff Street. She was born and reared here. And she went out to a house in a suburban scheme. But she missed the neighbourliness. I mean, say, if you've sickness, you've always a neighbour. But out in the schools, you could be dead. Is there much neighbourliness? Ah, there is. Now, he has an aunt in the next block. And every day, I go up there for my cup of tea. The 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 doors never shut my face. But out in them places, you couldn't do that. At least you wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. What sort of accommodation have you here as compared with, with um, out there? Well, I've two bedrooms less. That's the only thing. 
no different whatsoever. Does it matter, though? No, not to me. Now, if it had been only a one-room flat, I'd have took it back. Though the children didn't even like it out there. And that was up my alley when they didn't like it. Yet another new positive force is the North Wall Community Development Association. It's fully representative of Sheriff Street, as well as other areas, and in a very recent election, 86% voted. Pat Quinlan is their PRO. The association is, is very interested in a lot of things, in sport, in recreation, in employment, in uh, future plans for the area, in entertainment, in getting people together, in getting them to know each other a little more. How about plans for the area? Have you met with the corporation? Well, we're going to have a meeting with the corporation. We have met with the corporation uh, and with regard to specific problems. For instance, a survey was done of corporation dwellings shortly after, I'm not sure, but shortly before Christmas. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of problems, ordinary routine problems emerged from this survey, such as uh, uh, bad electrical fittings and sanitary facilities which needed to be repaired and so on. How about recreation? Well, at the moment, recreation is is um, being organised every night in the play centres. Uh, there's something I want to explain about the play centres. There are two play centres in the parish which were built and are being maintained free of charge by the corporation and being run by the Catholic Social Welfare Bureau. Well, up t- until recently, uh, these places were closed more or less at 6 o'clock in the evening. Well, the community association undertook to keep them opened and uh, uh, they were allowed to keep them opened. Um, in fact, they received cooperation in keeping them opened until 10.30 or 11 o'clock at night and ran uh, events like dances and uh, club activities of different kinds in them. And th- this, uh, this has uh, helped quite a lot because one finds that the kids have somewhere to go in the evenings and this helps the area quite a lot and it gets uh, kids together. As I walked up Lower Oriel Street and into Jane Place and up towards the CIE grounds and the railway tracks, I looked into the blind eyes of small cottages, blind because their windows had been cemented in. It was a desolate feeling. What sort of future lies ahead? At least the area has been zoned residential. But for some parts of it, this must certainly mean redevelopment. Hopefully a development which will mean a variety of housing and well-planned open spaces and amenities. I asked Mr Sheridan what he thought. Well, this is a source of worry to us, especially to the people like myself who live in the older part of the um, district. We we live in, in apprehension that they are going to tear them down. They're going to be taken down to make way for perhaps um, new, more flats, um, maybe um, developments, building developments. We're not, I would not say the office-style buildings, though we have reason to believe there is a new office uh, block going up at the corner of Seville Place and Damien Street. And actually that's going to, to um, gobble up a number of the old houses. And, and more of them will be gobbled up um, possibly by business people and others, maybe with the EEC uh, membership now, um, 
more development will take place in the dock area. Well, more and more factories have gone up, more and more offices. There's a lot of land being reclaimed down there, the new car ferry, and they're building lots of offices and factories and that uh, right around they're coming up all the time. Do you think there's any and future uh, for, a res- for it as a residential area? Well, unfortunately, I, I hate to say this, I love to think that I would be, but I don't think so, not with all the buildings that are going up around mm-hmm. us. If you've enjoyed this documentary, you might like to try other RTE Radio podcasts. Visit rte.ie forward slash radio forward slash podcast.